Welcome back to the wise man's page. You know the drill. This is page 590. I don't mind you asking, the old man said, so long as you don't mind me not telling. If you had my name, I'd be under your power, wouldn't I? Would you? Jax asked. Of course, the old man frowned. That is the way of things. Though you don't seem to be much for listening, it's best to be careful. If you managed to catch hold of even just a piece of my name, you'd have all manner of power over me. Jax wondered if this man might be able to help him. While he didn't seem to be terribly ordinary, Jax knew he was on no ordinary errand. If he'd been trying to catch a cow, he would ask a farmer's help. But to catch the moon, perhaps he needed the help of an odd old man. You said you used to chase the wind, Jax said. Did you ever catch it? In some ways, yes, the old man said, and in other ways, no. There are many ways of looking at that question, you see. Could you help me catch the moon? I might be able to give you some advice, the old man said reluctantly. But first, you should think this over, boy. When you love something, you have to make sure it loves you back, or you'll bring about no end of trouble chasing it. Hespi didn't look at Dayton as she said this. She looked everywhere in the world but at him. Because of this, she didn't see the stricken, helpless look on his face. How can I find out if she loves me? Jax asked. You could try listening, the old man said almost shyly. It works wonders, you know. I could teach you how. How long would that take? A couple years, the old man said, give or take. It depends on if you have a knack for it. It's tricky, proper listening, but once you have it, you'll know the moon down to the bottoms of her feet. Jax shook his head. Too long. If I can catch her, I can talk with her. I can make... Well, that's part of your problem right there, the old man said. You don't really want to catch her. Not really. Will you trail her through the sky? Of course not. You want to meet her. That means you need the moon to come to you. How can I do that, he said. The old man smiled. Well, that's the question, isn't it? What do you have that the moon might want? What do you have to offer the moon? Only what I have in these packs... That's not quite what I meant, the old man muttered, but we might as well take a look at what you've brought, too. The old hermit looked through the first pack and found many practical ends of the page. My name's Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. This old man sounds an awful lot like a, a university professor, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what we might know. <laughs> yeah, well, a little bit. He said he spent time chasing the wind, which is, I believe, the metaphor, the euphemism that we get, oh no, that's what we get for people who are on sabbatical from the university. But we did discuss yesterday that this character really sounds like they're a namer, uh, and might they might even be a specific namer that we've encountered in other stories. I put forward that it might be a version of Selatos or even Taberlin. Yes, yes. Or perhaps they are all just one and the same. Yes, I believe uh, there's a theory somewhere that this is uh, this is Tekum, that he met Tekum who lived in a cave. Oh. We are told that Tekum did live in a cave. And there's also a theory that this is the Cathay. I think that we can kind of accept that the Cathay touches on this story in some way or another. I, yeah, if it's going to be anyone, it would be him. Yeah, whether, I mean, certainly this character seems a bit more benevolent. Mm-hmm. Seeing as he seems to be genuinely trying to teach Jack something and Jack seems uh, like he refuses to listen. And uh, isn't there someone else who could maybe stand to learn no. these lessons? There's no one like that who's possibly always right or thinks they're always right. That person doesn't exist in this story. 
Never. That's a very distressing comparison, I think, because in our close reading of this story, I think at least I have come to the conclusion that Jax is a very sinister character who does not seem to care about anything except getting what he wants and is... I think Jax is a cautionary tale. Yeah. Certainly, certainly. Like, of Quoth. Like, I think that Jax is unlike Coat, but is a lot like Quoth. And I think that, like, maybe Quoth maybe touched on becoming too close to Jax, and that's how Coat became Coat, but... Yeah, I'm not saying there's a one-to-one comparison between Jax and Quoth, but I do think that some of the advice about how do I find out if she loves me? Well, you could learn to listen, for one thing, is pretty good advice, seeing as Denna has said over and over, I love you, if only Kvothe had the ears to listen. And then also, if you love something, you have to make sure it loves you back, or you'll bring about no end of trouble chasing it. I think that's also relevant advice. Not that Denna doesn't love him back, but that he keeps chasing her after some way, in some way or other, and and the trouble keeps seem to following her because he doesn't he can't be sure yet. He hasn't taken the time to be sure of it. Well, that's an interesting point you raised because the direct comparison we're given from this story that Hespi's telling to the characters in the real world is Hespi and Dayton, who are also in love, but neither of them can tell the other one that they love them. So, And they both live in fear of loving the other person and it not being reciprocated. That that problem only gets solved when one of them tells the other one how they feel. So that's also a lesson that Quoth could learn, right? You'd have to risk something, right? You'd have to risk being wrong. I think it's really funny that Hespi looks everywhere but at Dayton. Like, it makes perfect sense that that is what occurs. If I think about reasons why Hespi isn't looking at Dayton, it's probably, like, because she might break her story flow to be distracted by the person that she is sweet for. But Dayton also, having her not pay attention to him in that moment, might feel like, oh no, she doesn't like me. (laughs) Well, it seems to me that he in some way, thinks that she's talking about him. And she is. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, but I think that it's it's telling that Quoth narrator is aware of the Hespi Dayton thing and kind of goes, ah, I am wise, I noticed this. And yet he cannot notice it about himself. I mean, Precisely. that is relatable AF to me. <laughs> it's much easier for me to diagnose other people's problems than address my own. One note that I have for this page, slightly unrelated to that, would be the knack. There's like a magical knack on this page, maybe? when, the, Or or like a ref- reference to a magical knack when the old man says, give or take, it depends on if you have a knack for it. Do you think it's a magical knack? I think that it's been some time since we've encountered the idea of the magical knack. So I feel like this is perhaps to recenter the term, but I don't think that it's quite so... I mean, it might be because listening... It's, it makes sense that listening is sort of like a, a form of magic, a form of naming or possibly uh, shaping to be able to like capital L listen. So it's possible that there's some double tonguedness happening here. I don't know that he's necessarily saying to Jax like, ah, oh, if you were magically skilled at listening, you could catch the moon. I think that it's there's a lot of cryptic wordplay happening here. But I do think that it's been a while since we've encountered the idea of the magical Nax and that Rothfuss wants to slyly remind us that they exist. But I think what is indisputable is that this is the return of the knack. Indeed. Yes, it is in fact the return of the knack. That's right. I I actually, I just want to briefly go back to something that we were talking about earlier, the sort of comparison between Jax and and Quoth. I think if we are looking at Jax 
as also Haliax, right? Then the then the the idea that starts to form is that if Quoth continues on the path that he's on without learning these lessons of humility, without learning to listen, without learning to consider the consequences of his actions, then he might end up a Haliax, right? He might end up like a terrifying force of supernatural evil and not even know that he got there because he thinks he's doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm also out of things. The only other thing I want to address is when the old man says, what do you have to offer the moon? Obviously he's talking like, what are you bringing to this relationship you want to have with the moon? And of course, Jax takes it literally like, what thing can I give her to make her love me? Which is a very Eric Cartman understanding of, of love. Yes. And we'll have a less Eric Cartman understanding of this book (laughs) on tomorrow's page. Of the (laughs) wind.